you know, the Israelites out of Egypt. And, uh, you know, he said, who do I say send me? You know, God said, tell them I am that sent you. What does that mean? I am that whatever you need me to be, that's what God was saying. I am your provider. I, I am your protection. I am whatever you need me to be. And we need to start understanding that God is the great I am. No matter what may be coming down the pike, no matter what you may be encountering today, no matter what problem you may be encountering, God's bigger than those things. And we need to start exalting God over those things. God's bigger than your sin. Oh, man, now I'm going there. Now I'm going somewhere. What, Pastor? I can't seem to get over this little sin. That's right. It's a little sin. God's a big God. Amen. You know, his blood's bigger than any sin that you've been dealing with lately. Hallelujah. His blood's bigger than that sin. We need to understand the bigness of God. We need to understand the bigness of his promises. His promises will trump any problem that we deal with. Hallelujah. I'm spraying it more than I'm saying it. I'm excited about it anyway. Amen. So God is saying here, I, if there's another God, I don't know of him. And make himself known. So we think, you know, the devil tries to, try, you know, walk around like he's big and bad, like he's a roaring lion. The Bible, you know, the Bible says he, he acts like a roaring lion. Lion. And, but, you know, Jesus is the, is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Glory to God. Amen. Are you hear what I say? Jesus is much more bigger and badder than any fallen angel. Yes, hallelujah. Amen. Yes. So no matter what you may be encountering, you know, we need to start magnifying the bigness of God. If you want to fall in love with God, you need to magnify him. That's point number one. We need to start magnifying God. Yes. Every day we get up. That's why we worship God. Why? To magnify him. To magnify his bigness. The bigger that God is in your equation, the more faith you're going to walk in. Amen. You know, if you're walking in a little fear, a little doubt, a little unbelief about the future, then God's not big enough in your equation. You have, you have brought God down to, to, a, to, a, to a small, smaller, you know, you, you've equaled God. Sometimes the devil's bigger than God for, uh, for some of us. Well, I'm not, I don't know about that, Pastor. I believe that God's a big God. Then why do you keep talking about your problems? What? Well, you keep saying that your problems seem to be, you know, you're going through this, you're going through that, and you're going through this, you're going through that. You're, you're exalting the problem over God's bigness. What, Pastor Noah? Well, you know, I got some problems, you know. Yeah, but you got some promises, too, and they're yes and amen. amen. The promises are better and bigger than the problems you're dealing with. Hello? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we need to magnify that. You know, I, you know, whenever Israel, whenever you read the Old Testament and you find out Israel was in trouble and there were armies coming against Israel, what they would do a lot of times, they would proclaim, well, sometimes they would proclaim a fast and there was fast and they were fast and pray. And what they were saying is in their fasting, in their prayer, they were exalting God. 
They were bringing themselves down to a lower level and bringing God up to a higher level. That's why we fast and pray. We want to exalt God. And then they would exalt God. And a lot of times their prayers would be like this. Well, God, you are big God. You got us out of Egypt. You got us out of these things. You've done all these miracles. These people are trying to get us out of your inheritance. And, you know, you're big. And God said, well, you know, I am big, you know. And then God would just reveal something to a prophet and say, listen, you're not going to need a fight in this battle. And I'm going to be with you and just send out the praise and worship team before you. What? <laughs> Shouldn't we get our biggest and baddest warriors? No, no. Get, get the praise and worship team and get them praising and worshiping God. There's one story where, where, Israel, where Israel was under attack by three different armies. Right? And then God didn't say, well, get all the crack troops, you know, get all the... Well, anyway, crackpots. But anyway, get, get somebody that has some blind faith and just get in there and just tear the enemy up. No, no. They said, start worshiping God. Start magnifying God. And the Bible says as, the, as Israel started worshiping God and praising God, the enemy heard a sound that it sounded like an army that was coming, like many thousands of horses yes. coming down. They got so freaked out and so spooked, they started fighting with each other. Yes. By the time the Israelites got to the, to the place, every soldier, those three armies, they, were all, they killed themselves. They were all dead. And all, what did Israel do? They just picked up the plunder for three full days. I want to say this to you this morning. The battle's the Lord's and the victory's ours. No matter what disease, no matter what weakness, no matter what, what financial setback may be happening in your life, God's bigger than that. God's bigger than the weakness. God's bigger than those things that are seemingly over, trying to overcome you and attack you. God's bigger than the storms. Back with the story when they were in the, on the boat and they were trying to get to the other side. They said, Jesus, you care that we perish. And he said, peace be still to the storm. Yes. Peace, be still. peace be still. Who was God behind that storm? Uh, no, he wasn't. Because Jesus only do, does the things that he sees his father do. do. And so who was, who was in that storm? It was the enemy. The enemy was, was producing the storm to get them in fear, to keep them from moving forward. And see, listen, some of you are trying to move forward in God, and the enemy's coming in. He's trying, trying to press you down. He's trying to create some havoc. He's trying to get you looking at circumstances, focused on those things. But we need to focus on the bigness of God. God. We need to focus on how big he is, what he can do. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we need to focus on the bigness. And so Jesus calmed the storm and the storm was calm just like that. It was like the day when Lucifer tried to raise up his ugly head and he said, I'm going to be like the most high God. I'm going to sit on the sides of the north. And he started making his decrees and God made his decree. No, you're not. And he fell like lightning. Most people think it was a big war in heaven, but no, God, you know, it was a, a two-hit fight. God hitting the devil and the devil hitting the ground. The third of the heavenly hosts fell that day. They all fell like lightning. Amen. Even if all of the heavenly hosts dropped that day, 99% was only 1% left. God could create a whole new race. 
which he did us. Praise God. He could create more angels if he wanted to. God's the creator. The devil's a counterfeiter. He's a liar. He's a father of lies. All he can do is pervert. He, the devil can't create nothing. He's not a creator. He just tries to play on our fears. Get us working on our fears. But we need to walk in faith and believe God. No matter what it looks like. No matter what the world looks like. We're going to walk in faith. We're going to speak the word. We're going to believe that God is true. Let God be true. And every man a liar. Every symptom a liar. Amen. And I prove this ad. America's not going down. America's coming up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You believe that? I believe that. I believe God's already in the works raising up a godly person that's going to take the presidential office and that person's going to turn some things around because they're going to walk in the light of God's word in Jesus' name. Amen. And I proved that ad too. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> so we need to look at the bigness of God. We need to look at that He is a big God. We need to magnify God. We need to magnify His promises. When King David, when he was just a shepherd boy, uh, 17 years of age, and, and uh, he went to the army where, where the armies were there, and, and, and uh, Goliath was taunting the armies of God for 40 days, saying if there's a man. Goliath was a big giant of a man. He was, some say he was 10 foot tall. He was a big guy. And, and even, you know, the king, King Saul, had a big prize for anybody that wanted to fight Goliath, would give him, you know, his daughter in marriage would he wouldn't have to pay any taxes and he could live in the kingdom and in the king's palace and there was a lot of rewards and not one man would fight Goliath is that amazing not one but David a shepherd boy says uh, what's going on here why is that uncircumcised Philip? what is he saying is he he's taught the armies of God does he know who he does he know who God is see see we need to magnify it back, back then on the bigness of God we need to magnify on that. And, and, and David knew that he had a covenant with God. We need to understand we have a covenant with God that cannot be broken, praise God. Amen. The devil cannot, you know, he can't deceive you out of the covenant of God. The devil can't deceive you out of your salvation. Amen? Do you believe that? No, if you're going to walk away from your salvation, you're going to do it with your eyes wide open. You, you're going to know what you're doing. Amen. You know, you know, you see, you know, kind of keys of walking away from the covenant of God's love is, first of all, just walk away from the church. That, that, you know, that's walking away. And then stop going to church. Walk away from your Bible. Stop reading your Bible. Walk away from your spouse. Leave your spouse. These are all telltale signs of walking away from the covenant. Do your own thing. Amen. Yes, the covenant's twofold. Yes, God will keep it, but you, but you have your eyes wide open. Amen? And if you don't want to be deceived, you won't be deceived. If you don't want to be deceived and you love God and you want to stay with God, you can't be deceived in Jesus' name. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. 
As long as you, you know, if you want to stay close to God, I, I give two points all the time. Always be a person that's quick to repent. Amen. Always be quick to repent and always be a person to be quick to forgive. You, you operate in those two points. You will always stay close to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today, saints? You will always stay close to God. If you're a person that's quick to repent when you know you've done something wrong and quick to forgive when somebody does something wrong against you. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Then you can't be, then you can't be deceived. It's only when you start thinking, I don't have to repent over my sins anymore. I don't have to change. That's when you're in the process of being deceived. But thank God for the blood of Jesus that always washes us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Amen. The blood of Jesus is more stronger and more powerful than any sin that we've been dealing with. The blood of Jesus backs every promise of the word of God. The blood of Jesus backs every promise of this book right here. We stand on the blood. Our righteousness is not even of our own good works. What? No, it's of Jesus' good work. Our righteousness is of God. We're righteous because of God. It's a gift of righteousness that God gives us. Abundance of grace and a gift of righteousness. And we walk in the righteousness because we believe in the Son of God. Our faith enables the the blessings of God, enables the blessings of God to come on our lives. Our faith. Amen. So what did David do? David said, who is this uncircumcised holy? Saying that this Goliath does not have a covenant. We have the covenant. We're hooked in with God. God is our heavenly father. He's our rich, wealthy, heavenly father that's backing us. We're in it together. God's with you and God's with me. And and listen, he's with you today. I think most people don't think, oh, is God with me today? I'm going through a problem. He's with you today. He'll walk with you in your problems. He will help you with your weaknesses. When you're weak, the Bible says he is strong. Maybe it's good that we have some weaknesses. Because now we can rely on God. It's the people that don't think they have any weaknesses. They rely on their own ability. And then, when, when, then they, they will suddenly fall. Yeah. And they will realize, ah, oh, they need God. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. There was a person in the Old Testament. I'm trying to think of his name. But he was a, he was a, a king. And um, he started, you know, getting so exalted of his own greatness. And God said, well, let me show you how great you are. And he ended up going a little crazy. And lost his mind. And for seven years, he ate grass in the backyard. This is king in the Old Testament. You're going to have to study that out. I'm not going to do all your homework for you. But anyway. And, uh, and so after seven years, you know, his wife knew that he, because it was a prophetic word that came forth. He knew that God was going to restore his mind back to him. And he did. But he learned something. He learned something. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Brought him back up. God can take somebody down, and he can raise somebody back up. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Now, the devil will try to take you down, but, but no, no. If God wants you to stand, he can keep you standing. 
How do you stand before Almighty God? You stay humble before Him at all times. Yes. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you in due time. Yes. He will raise you up. How do you humble yourself? You have to, you have to humble yourself by, by, by allowing God to be, be God in your life. You humble yourself. David, when he, when he came to the army and he heard about the prize, his brother started saying, well, you, you know, was, got, got a little jealous over David's boldness. He said, what are you here, you know? Relatives will get you kind of, sometimes some relatives will try to, you know, play down your faith. Why are you believing God for, you believe in God for a bigger house? You believe in God for a nicer car? You believe in God for, why are you doing that? Just be happy with what you got. See, people with no faith always tries to take down the people with faith. You, you need to start believing God. If you believe in God for something more, it's okay. God's not against that. He is against covetousness, greed, but it's okay to want more if you're going to use it for the kingdom of God. Amen? God's not against that. God's not against prosperity. He told, he told Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. And Abraham, the Bible says, was wealthy. God's not against wealth. Amen. That's the blessings of the covenant. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having finances, not just to meet your needs. And, and, and wealth and, and riches basically is having more than enough to meet your needs and meet somebody else's needs. Amen. God doesn't want us just barely getting along, just barely making it, just, just for our, our, us four and no more if you have a family of four. No, He wants you to have more than enough to be able to do more for others. That's why He wants us to be wealthy. Amen. That means having an abundant supply to at the end of the month you have more, you have more money at the end of the month. Amen. They say ends don't meet, but it will meet. <laughs> We start giving to God. I've never had a deficit since I started tithing. Over 20 years, I've never had a deficit. I can't say I've never been in want since I've been tithing over 20 years. I've never been in a place where, oh man, I wish I could have that. You hear what I'm saying? God's always blessed me. Why? Because I'm putting the covenant first. You start putting God's kingdom first. Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Sometimes when we're going through a financial deficit, the enemy will say, well, you know, you need to tighten your belt. You don't want to give as much. You don't want to do No, you need to start giving more. Amen. Why? Because we tend to look at our own selves and our own abilities to produce finances. But really, our source has to be in God. Our, 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 our faith has to be in God. And our source is God, not ourselves. So we need to start believing God. We need to start. How do you magnify God in your finances? You tithe and give offerings. Oh, man. Amen. How do you magnify God in your, in your health? Well, you speak the word of God pertaining to your health, the promises of God, if you're doing, and you go and pray for other people that are sick. Amen. 
that's how you, that's how you magnify God in your health. How do you magnify God in your relationships? Well, you, you, you be a peacemaker. You walk in love towards people. You pray for those that are persecuting you, doing you wrong, doing you down and dirty. You pray for them. You do good to those people. Amen. Amen. You walk the covenant out. You walk it out. The enemy's trying to get us to close down and shut down and to be protected, set all these walls up of protection. No, you, those walls need to come down in Jesus' name. Amen. And we need to start reaching out and touching people. If you want to be blessed, become a blessing. That's what it says. That's what, what God spoke to Abraham. I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. If you want to be blessed and you're praying for blessings, your motive should be to be a blessing. Amen. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? And so David thought, man, I'm going to take this. Man, there's a blessing about this. And then King Saul said, listen, you, you know, uh, Goliath, you know, try to talk David out of it. Goliath has been a, he's been trained since he was a boy. And, you know, this guy's a mighty warrior. Are you sure about this, David? And another thing we do, we magnify God by magnifying his promises, but we magnify God by looking at what God has done for us in the past. We start thinking, well, I was in trouble, but God got me out of this, and I was in trouble here, and God got me out of this. And we start looking at our past, how God's gotten you out. How it looked so bad, some God moved on somebody's heart to bless you, to open a door of blessing. And so David said, listen, king, I know you don't think that I'm really up for fighting Goliath today, but, you know, there I was, I've been a shepherd for a long time, and a lion tried to attack the sheep, and I took the lion out, a bear tried to attack the sheep, and I took the bear out, and this uncircumcised scene would be no different. What, what did David do? He started, he started recognizing, and he started revealing what God has done for him in the past. When the enemy starts talking to you and telling you that you're not going to make it and start whispering in your ear that you're going down and for the count, you need to start reminding him, well, wait a second, God has protected me in the past and he got me out of this situation. And he, yeah, sometimes you need to preach to yourself. Sometimes you need to preach to the man in the mirror. You need to preach to yourself and then give yourself an offering. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You need to preach it. Preach it to the devil. Preach it to the angels. Preach it to God. I'm not going down. I'm going up in Jesus' name. It may look like I'm going down. I may feel like I'm going down, but I'm going up in Jesus' because I'm putting God first place in every area of my life. And so what happened to David? David, you know, uh, Saul said, well, won't you wear my armor? And he said, no, I can't do that. I, I, I can't wear that armor. It doesn't fit. You know what David said? No, I'm going to use what I have. See, see, most of you aren't using. God has given you talents and abilities, things in your life, and, and he has graced you. Use those things he's given you. Start stepping out of what he gives you. You know, you may not be a good, you know, speaker. Maybe you're not that great of a speaker, but maybe you're good with your hands. Well, use your hands to help somebody. Maybe you're good at building or fixing or doing something. Start becoming a blessing. Yes, amen. Pretty soon you may have your own business and be a multimillionaire. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Start becoming a blessing. If, if you don't have a job, find something to put your hands to. Because God can't bless what you don't put your hands to. Amen. 
Stop relying on, on Tom, Dick, and Harry to take care of you. Oh or Uncle Sam. My Lord. Right. Get it. Get it. Right. Okay, it's quiet in this house today. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Start putting your hands in something. You got gifts, you got talents, you got abilities. Put your hand in something that God can bless. Glory to God. Glory to God. Most of you have more talent, probably more talent than most people. You just got to find out what you're good at and start doing it. Amen. And then let the grace of God come upon you. Pretty soon, whoo, glory to God, you're going to be so blessed in what you do because you're working out your talent. And God's blessing that glory to God. So what, so what David, David had a talent of killing people. He didn't know it then. He had a great town. He knew how to kill people. You know, he, I mean, he started killing people left and right after Goliath. But he realized, man, I got a talent. I got an ability. I know how to kill people. Man, I'm good at killing. But you hear what I say? Yeah, he took Goliath out with, 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 with a slingshot and cut his head off yeah. with his own sword. Oh, my God. But you hear, David taught us how to get ahead in life, and he picked that head up. But you hear what I say to you today? He learned, and then he ended up being one of the captains of Saul's army. And he, you know, Saul finally said, hey, won't you kill some Philistines so you can have my daughter in marriage? And, and I know, no, David was saying, I thought I already had that taken care of with Goliath. <laughs> so King Saul said, well, I, want you get, I want you to get 104 skins of the enemy. You're going to have to study that out. But anyway, and David said, oh, I'll give you 200. Kill 200 people. David, really, he was a good killer, you know. Amen. He had a grace on his life. In other words, he could take out the enemy. Maybe, maybe we, you, know, you, you know, we're all called to be killers, to kill the lies of the enemy, to kill the, 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 the lies that he tries to put in each one of our lives. We kill his influence in our lives. He, we kill his influence in other people's lives by walking upright, by walking in the power and the giftings of God. As we start stepping out in our, in our grace zone, then God says that your gift will make room for you and you will put you before kings. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. You got something. You don't think, oh, the devil keeps telling you you don't have anything. You got something. Just figure out what you got. Amen. You got something powerful on the inside of you. Allow God to bless that. Be a blessing, and pretty soon doors will start opening, grace will start opening, and you start walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Yes. Amen? Amen? Praise God, I'm going to have to shut this thing down. Thank you, Jesus. But we need to exalt God. We need to think about, number two, we need to think about everything that he has done for us in the past that he brought us out of. Thank you. Amen? Amen? Exalt God and think about those, those victories but don't stay in those victories. Start launching out for greater victories. Start stretching your faith. Do something you haven't done yet. You never know. That could be the key to the blessing in your life. We're doing something that we haven't done. We haven't done TV yet. And it's a stretch. It's something different. Something I have to, you know, I'm not used to. But I'm stretching, glory to God. I'm stretching my faith. Praise God. Praise God. And you don't know that could be the catalyst to bring people to God, to get thousands of people saved. Wow. You never know what God has in store Amen. until you start stepping out in faith. You, and when you step out in faith, God will meet you 
where you go. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. We never like to end our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus, if you died right now, you don't know if you'd make it to heaven, just pray this prayer with me. Just say this after me. Say, Dear Lord, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, I'm trusting you for my life today. I'm, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe that you got born again. And so we would love to hear from you. Connect with us on our website at www.exceedlifechurch.org. And uh, also, if you have a prayer request, you can also go on that, our website and um, put that prayer request in. We believe that God will, will hear your prayers and answer your prayers. Again, thank you for tuning in today, and God bless you. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.